franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with a business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hi, thank you for joining us for episode seven of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. As you know, we like to invite a wide array of guests on the show to provide you with resources and education. Today, we have Josh Wall with us from Unleashed Brands. Thank you, Josh, for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do with Unleashed, about Unleashed, and then we'll get on to some other questions. Well, that's great. It's it's a pleasure to be here with you, Roxanne, Sarah. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show today. And a little bit about Unleashed Brands. So we are a, a platform company for kid-centric, family-focused franchisors. We happen to own Urban Air Adventure Park, Snapology, which is a STEAM-based curriculum franchise, and The Little Gym, which is um, oh. a brand focused on helping kids develop gymnastics, find motor skills, confidence, in, while they're learning and developing. Unleashed Brands is focused on franchisors that help kids learn, play, and grow. We want to help kids, and we're passionate about helping kids unleash their potential, which is where the name of the, the company comes from. Part of my role, so I serve as the chief growth officer, and it's a twofold role. So I'm not only trying to help each one of our brands grow in number of units, new franchisees, helping them to grow and evolve and uh, expand the footprint for each one of the brands. But I also have the pleasure of getting to know uh, prospective franchisor brands that might come into the Unleashed Brands family and try to identify who's a good fit for us, who might not be a good fit for us, and how we can make something work so we can help them grow and help Unleashed Brands grow. Wow, very cool. So you did disclose that third brand. We did. Well, we have, uh, we're very proud of the little, the little gym. It's our newest acquisition and coming into the Unleashed Brands family, but we're already doing good things with it and we're excited about the future. Helping, it's a 45 year old brand, but um, it has so much life ahead of it and we're excited to, to have it as part of our portfolio. It seems like a perfect fit with your other two brands. So tell us a little bit more. I mean, just since we met you a couple of months ago, there has been, it was just Urban Air, and then there was the acquisition of Snapology. So just tell us a little bit more about how all of that unfolded. You bet. So Unleashed Brands came about, we started working on this idea back in 2020, mid-COVID. And we saw that some of our urban air adventure parks had some latent capacity within their boxes. Urban air parks, adventure parks are about 40 to 50,000 square feet and they have party rooms in them. And we saw opportunity with as many students that were doing school remotely and parents who are working from home that were badly looking for ways to get kids out of the house and engaged while they're also being educated. So we, try, we, we formed a, um, an after-school program so kids that were doing virtual learning could actually come to an urban air adventure park and go through an after-school program. 
while we began doing that, we started talking with other fellow franchisors. So Michael Browning, our founder and CEO, he, myself, him, myself, and, and several others, we started talking to other franchisors who were also looking for ways to bring more value to their customers. And we saw opportunity to combine forces with some brands to help deliver that 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 additional value to customers who are looking to say, let's get my kids active. Let's get my kids learning. I want to make sure they're not losing a year of development, which so many of us as parents were concerned with uh, going through COVID. So I just want to clarify something because sure. I'm not real clear on it. So um, maybe our audience isn't either. Because of the, the footprint of Urban Air, these other two concepts that you're talking about, can those services be provided within that urban air structure so these franchisees don't have to go out and find an actual location or do they how does that work yeah great question roxanne that so with snapology mm -hmm. snapology is primarily a mobile-based franchise so they work with third-party venues like libraries gyms ymcas churches and they bring their programming to those those venues and create some regular class opportunity for their customers. We saw that as an opportunity with 80 different unique uh, curriculum through a STEAM-based program that Snapology offers. We saw a great opportunity to give it a permanent home. So ideally, we'd like to have Snapologies within Urban Airs as a, a foundation piece for the growth moving forward. Our Snapology franchisees are phenomenal people who love kids. They love helping kids learn while they're having fun. And so we will continue to have a robust mobile offering, but more and more as we move forward, you'll see Snapologies within Urban Air. And then you'll also see a prototype that we've been building that's our Discovery Center 2.0. So this is simply a retail-focused place that mom or dad can bring their kids for regular STEAM-based learning. Mm within the same places that they grocery shop, they dine, get their dry cleaning. And, and so that's gonna be the hub within that community where they know they can get high level STEAM-based curriculum learning for their kids. And STEAM is, I mean, we see here a lot about STEM, right? But I don't think we hear as much about STEAM, so So it's art. art. It's adding the art. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm a big fan of, love <laughs> yeah. that. So I just was sitting here thinking about your brands and Little Jim mm -hmm. too. So, and Little Jim is for toddlers and very young children to get in and you know do some fitness, gymnastics, that sort of thing. So, what an, a wise decision to think about acquiring is not the right word, but meeting those children yeah. at a young age and then having the opportunity to introduce them to other services that they could benefit from as they get older. Uh, are in school, can participate in the STEAM, and then certainly the fun and activities that they would be able to engage in at an urban air. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that, Sarah. That's, that is a broader plan for Unleashed Brands. Is we see when you look, about, you look at other platform companies that serve the broader customer, like Driven Brands, for example, in the automotive sector, mm -hmm. or you get into Neighborly with home services or Authority Brands with home services. And the, they're, serving, they're serving customers well by providing these great services for them at a consolidated place that shares costs, marketing efficiencies, and 
can provide greater value to the customer. No one's doing that in the kids' space until Unleashed Brands came along. And so we see an opportunity to partner with mom or dad while their, their kids are young and give them opportunities to learn life skills. They're going to need a place. Uh, they're going to need a preschool. So we'd love to have a, a high-quality, high-level preschool within the Unleashed Brands family. They're, they're going to need a swim school so they can learn water safety and make sure that they're learning how to be around water, they're learning how to swim, they're learning some of these fundamental skills that will serve them well. And oh, by the way, they're going to need a place to celebrate a birthday party. And we, we might want to teach them a music lesson. And oh, by the way, they also need to learn some supplemental education from what they're learning in their schools. Let's get them into a Snapology class. And Little Jim's going to give them the confidence to learn motor skills, some basic gymnastic skills that also has dance classes within the Little Jim. And so we're really partnering with a mom or a dad and helping them unleash the potential of their child, really getting, getting a chance to help them learn, play, and grow. Are you... So when you're looking to add these services, because in my head, I'm sitting here thinking he's going to be getting calls from business owners, you know, we own a swim school or something like that. So are you just looking for other companies that are already franchises to, to become part of Unleashed Brands? Or um, could it be an independent business that, that's proven its model that you would maybe bring under your wing and, and help, you know, teach them the franchise way? Is that... Oh, I, I love that question. You know, we from our previous conversations, you know how much I love franchising, how much we love franchising and unleashed brands. So, I, I think I, I wouldn't ever put anything out of <laughs> out of the case. Gotcha. We we would talk with um, any great concept that's providing a lot of value to mom or dad and helping their kids grow or learn or play. We would love to talk with them. I think franchising is something that. We, f we feel like we have a great talent base within our family, and we've got great processes to help us efficiently grow. And so we're anxious to be able to help other brands grow with those processes and those people. But uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past us being able to, to, to take a, a really great brand and help them cast vision for something bigger and help them grow through franchising. I love it. I think it's brilliant, actually, to really establish that trust when the children are very young and then build on that with additional needs as they grow. So you mentioned that you love franchising. So I, I would love to hear from you. How did you get into franchising? Yes. What is your background? Sure. Yeah. So I've, I've been in franchising for about 20 years, but I started um, coming out of college. I was working for a political consulting firm and doing some uh, account management for them. And my father, who had been in the automotive repair business for 25 years, badly wanted to be a business owner, but was looking for the how-to. He had the want-to, but needed the how-to. And I learned about this company called Christian Brothers Automotive, and a friend of mine, a mutual friend of mine, connected me to the founder of the company, Mark Carr. He was kind enough to have lunch with me. And they were an emerging brand at that time, about 20 units on the ground in a, in a couple of different states. And I had, I had lunch with Mark, and we sat down, and he said, so why are we talking today? And I said, Josh, <laughs> or, or I said, Mark, we're talking today because my dad loves automotive repair, and I've heard Christian Brothers is one of the best in automotive repair. So I'd like to partner with him and help, and I'll kind of run the business side to help him get, he'll do the service side. He's, he's amazing with customers. 
And so we'd like to come in and be a franchisee of yours. And he said, well, I don't allow partnerships. Like, as cold, as like black and white, boom, no, no partnerships, Josh. And I go, okay. And I didn't really even know what to say. I was 20-something-year-old Maybe that's kid. a topic for another show, <laughs> partnerships. Yes. <laughs> I, know, it, it, I could see why he had, he had such a desire yeah. to keep his franchisees from getting into partnerships because not every partnership is a good partnership. So at FranNet, we say there's two types of ships you should not be on. One is a sinking ship, and one is a partnership. <laughs> I, like that I think that's, that's going to be a future show. I like that. <laughs> so stay tuned while we talk for our, another show when we talk about partnerships. So like what it. happened next, Josh? Yeah, so, he, so we sat down there. That was the first five minutes of our lunch, and I, <laughs> and I go, well, what do you want to talk about since that was what I came here to talk to you about? So he was very kind, and we spent the next couple of hours just getting to know one another and building a relationship. Two weeks later, I go back to uh, political consulting. We ha- was having a little bit of success doing that, having some fun. He calls me out of the blue. Josh, I've got an opening on my staff at the franchisor. I said, okay, how can I help with that? And he said, I think you'd be perfect for it. And I said, what's the role? And he said, it's a, it's a franchise trainer. And I said, well, I don't know anything about automotive repair. That was my dad. And I'd always said, if you see me underneath a car, you better call, call 911. <laughs> That's trouble. That's trouble. And so he said, no, no, no. This isn't about teaching someone how to fix a car. And I said, good. Okay. What, what is it about? It's teaching franchisees how to run their business. And mm. I said, I've never run an automotive repair business before. And he said, I can teach you, but it's all about people. It's all about people and communicating expectations clearly. And I think you can do that. Long story short, I, I started with him back in 2003, and um, he was kind enough to give me some opportunity to grow and learn franchising. Got involved in the IFA, into this, the Certified Franchise Executive Program. And the IFA is the International Franchise Association. Yes, it is. It's a great, great trade association that is focused on helping franchisees learn how to make the best decisions for their, their business investment, learning franchisors, teaching them best practices on how to do franchising well, ethically, transparently, and then vendor partners helping them really be able to serve both franchisees and franchisors in a symbiotic relationship. And um, so long story short, I, I, I spent about 16 years with Christian Brothers and was a partner with the company when I left and uh, was serving as our chief development officer. But worked both in operations, marketing, franchise development, construction, real estate. And so it really gave me an opportunity and appreciation for all of the different aspects of doing franchising well. And we left with, um, I left the company um, and they were, they're a little over uh, 220 units. They're growing, uh, doing great things. And I came over to Urban Air in 2019. And, We've we've been having a lot of fun, even even during COVID. But over the last three years, we've opened ninety uh, adventure parks across the country. So today, Urban Air has um, both open and operational, and sold and in development um, about two hundred and thirty units um, in about thirty two different states. Wow, lots of growth. I really love what you said when he offered you that job and your comment was, well, I don't have any experience in this industry. And they said, yes, but you have people experience. And that is really something that 
I think prospective business owners sometimes are surprised about that they might need industry experience. And that's mm. not necessarily what a franchisor is looking for. That's right. Franchisors are looking for people with business experience, communication experience, and they can train you on their industry. So do you want to elaborate or build on that a little bit more about maybe kind of how that evolved for you? Yeah, I I appreciate that, Sarah. That is one of the unique aspects of franchising. So 4,500 franchise opportunities in the United States that are actively franchising, and most of them are business format franchises where you don't need a specific set of skills or abilities to be able to execute that and be successful. But what you do have to have is the desire to follow a process. You do have to be coachable and teachable. You do have to have a strong drive. So the way I typically talk about that is if you're looking for someone else to motivate you to be successful, Small business ownership is likely not a great fit. doesn't mean franchising is or is not, but you need to be self-motivated. You need to be, when you wake up every day, you need to be thinking about how you can push your business forward, build out the right team, grow that business through new sales acquisitions or new customer acquisitions. So this is, so having that business format franchise, being coachable, teachable, having that drive and some business sense about yourself and understanding profitability. Um, these are going to be some basics, and I'm, I truly mean uh, some, some very basics, that when you connect with a highly successful franchisor that is growing and looking for the right franchisees to be with you, you should give yourself an opportunity to be successful. And so I... I, I I love franchising for what it does because it takes it takes so much of the guesswork out of it for someone who's an aspiring entrepreneur. They don't have to get out there and make all of the same mistakes. Yes. The franchisor has already made it. Yes. We we use that analogy a lot. You know, they've skinned their knee, they've yes. stubbed their toe. So while some people look at it as a higher dollar investment mm-hmm. to get started, it could be. But by the same token, it might not be because they're cutting out some of the investments in some decisions that might not be right or the best for their business and hopefully eliminating some mistakes by recognizing that that franchisor has already figured that out and being willing to accept that. And another thing, we always want our clients to think through is if they don't trust that franchisor's processes and systems, Mm. they should not buy that franchise. I couldn't agree more. Don't go in expecting to change things. If it's not something that you trust or believe in, then you should pursue a different path. Either do something on your own or find a different brand because the franchisor has an expectation for you to come in and follow their processes and systems. Absolutely. So That's why I think franchising is such a good fit for an executive that is used to running businesses. Mm -hmm. And not that that's the only demographic that franchising is a good fit for, but if you've spent 20 or 30 years running businesses and um, being a lot of a, more of a generalist, kind of like you were really Mm -hmm. when you were with Christian brothers, you're not just, you know, one funnel, right. Uh, Or one path, but, and, and once again, not to cut out the CFO or the CEO, well, CEO would be a generalist, but um, I think at that age, 
there's also so much more at stake, right? I, even, even when I transitioned out of corporate, mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to just throw it all on the line and, and invest our whole retirement in something unproven. Mm-hmm. I really felt like I needed something that mitigated some risk. So I feel like if you respect the system and you're willing to follow a proven system, finding one that you trust, like you're saying, your, your ramp up is going to be so much quicker. There's, there's a lot less learning and there's still so much learning on the flip side of that. I always tell my clients, your hair is going to be on fire (laughs) and it's like drinking through a fire hose and that's with a proven system. So imagine, (laughs) imagine if it's not, um, you know, I picture a true entrepreneur is younger and just really willing to throw everything on the line and maybe not as much, um, What's, what's the word I'm looking for? As much um, responsibility, like you know, right. college tuitions mm-hmm. and mortgages, and it gets complicated as you get older. I think it, it can for it's sure. A, absolutely, I, I I agree. It's the when you when you think about the risk proposition, and you someone wants to be in business for themselves, and they think about if you just look at statistics that the SBA provides. If I'm an independent business owner and I start my business this year. Five years from now, there's an 80% chance mm-hmm. I'm going to have closed. Yes. 80% chance. Whereas with franchising, it's it, it, it's about a uh, 90% chance I will still be in operation mm-hmm. five years from now. And so Big I, difference. Massive, massive. So when we think about that, regard, and that's regardless of the, of the business, the industry, and the franchisee, that's simply... The loan going to an independent business owner versus a franchise business owner. So I, I like that. It it does help mitigate the risk of putting it out on the on the line, like you were just mentioning, yeah. Roxanne. And I love the support system of a franchise mm-hmm. and having obviously the franchisor, but other franchisees to collaborate with and really learn from. And I even just think about last year with all of the surprises and unexpected with COVID and the support that the franchisors were able to provide to their franchisees. And in fact, we even had some franchisors step back from Mm -hmm. franchise development because they wanted to focus on their franchisees that they were already caring for, basically, and partnered with versus trying to acquire new ones. Mm -hmm. So I really respected that. I'm assuming it may have been a similar situation for you guys. How did, how did y'all handle that? Yeah, we, so going, going into the process. Um, so February, so really fourth quarter of 2019, we started to get a sense from our supply chain, which is a global supply chain that there was an impact that we were going to feel it. And so we started putting together our retail um, our retail program. So how we would coach our franchisees through new COVID protocols, what those were going to look like, what the CDC, we were trying to get a sense for what the CDC was going to recommend versus the states, the counties, and the cities. And so I'm really proud of our team for how nimble they were, how we built a, just as an example, we built a smart sheet that pulled every single state's um, governor and their chief medical officers twitter feeds all into an aggregated database and so we were seeing live updates across the country and then 
that was then driving our decision-making on what we were doing with our franchisees and when we were doing it. And so we decided strategically that on March 17th, prior to any government agency telling us to shut down, we needed to lead and shut down our parks. And so I appreciate the trust of our franchisees. Michael laid out the plan. Our franchisees followed the plan. And as an industry, we, we shut down Urban Air. And then immediately went into, what do we do to support them? And so we triaged both on the lending side and the landlord side. So I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, we have very large boxes. 45, 45 to 50,000 square feet is not uncommon within an, an urban area. That's a, that's a large chunk mm -hmm. of a landlord shopping center, uh, shopping center as an anchor or junior anchor. And so me and my team, we got on the phone with franchisees, their landlords, their realtor, um, their agent, uh, their attorney, and we just started talking through how can we get through relief. Mm -hmm. And we built um, we built a relief program. We have great landlords, by and large, um, that wanted to work with us. I'm not going to name some of the other names, but um, they were really wanting to help our franchisees. They value Urban Air, what it means to um, means to our franchise uh, to their their investments and their assets, and then. Scott Perry, our chief financial officer, he and the finance team did the same thing with primarily the, the banks, the, the SBA, and some of the conventional lending options that our franchisees have in place. We did that while also, and this is, this is part of what I'm, I'm very proud of, so we didn't have any permanent closures. We did have a few franchise locations change hands. Mm. We did not have any permanent closures. Then on top of that, our the the development team we opened 33 net new parks last year and so 23 after march 17th wow and so that was uh that was difficult because we we're coordinating with again getting the landscape ge geographically of how covid's impacting each part of the country but then on top of that coordinating through our general contractors, our third-party vendor partners, the franchisee, the bank, and the landlord. And we were successful. The team was very successful at getting those parks open. So I'm very proud of the team. And then we signed our franchise recruitment team, signed 18 new agreements last year, um, thir uh, 13 of them post-March 17th. That's amazing. It, it really is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And what a gift to those franchisees to have that guidance and expertise and support when nobody really knew what the heck was going on. That's one thing I really thought about a lot was as a franchisee trying to have navigated all of this without mm. the support of my franchisor. Or trying to do it as an independent business and right. not having that support and trying That's to figure right. it out all on your own. The, That's right. That whole PPP process um, so grateful to all the franchisors that helped our franchisees that are in business. Exactly. I, I would I would even say just as as a tidbit, like if if someone's listening to this or watching this right now, and you're interested in learning about a franchise opportunity, I think one of a, one of the critical questions you might ask them is, "Show me the plan that you had in a post COVID environment," mm -hmm. and that'll start showing really their heart for their franchisees, where they were willing to make investments, like. At Urban Air, we, we lent our franchisees $3 million to advertise in the first 60 days after the cities would allow them to reopen oh. because we knew we needed to educate mom and dad about our new safety protocols, 
the cleanliness, and that this is going to be good for their kids just to get yes. active again. Yes. And it worked. And it worked. And so, and I'm not just, a, I know other franchisors who made similar investments mm-hmm. in their systems, but I think that that's a critical question to try to understand what it, what's it going to be like in this relationship when things are not going well industri- mm-hmm. industrial wise. Because that's the true test. It's easy to be happy when your marriage is going going right. well. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> when it's not, that's when the the what's that? The proof is in the pudding, or exactly. the what? The rubber meets the, rubber the road. Meets the road. Yeah. That's the One Texan of those phrase that like my it. grandma there always said. All right, awesome. So, do you have any books that you would recommend for mm. a prospective franchisee? If somebody's listening today, thinking they might want to be a business owner or a franchisee, do you have any books that you recommend? I could list off a lot of like books. one I, or two. I, I'll try to I'll try to keep it to one or two. <laughs> there there are two critical books that I recommend anybody who's considering business ownership or franchise business ownership. The first one would be Start with Why by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. such a critical piece to getting to somebody's motivation. What are they trying to accomplish? Because oftentimes when I've worked with people and families over over my career, a lot of times when you're counseling them through what they're trying to look for, and y'all do a great job of that at FranNet, they don't know what they want. They think they want this thing, Mm -hmm. but then you start talking to them about what they actually want, and it's really this instead. I think Start With Why helps you really refine what you're looking for and will help make any type of a small business investment process or discovery process more efficient. The second is more specific to franchising. And a friend of mine named Joe Matthews, who's a stalwart in the franchising industry and one of my early mentors, wrote a book called Street Smart Franchising. And I think it's it's still... I know he wrote it close to 20 years ago, but it's still so applicable yes. today. The technology piece of it has evolved, but Joe's advice to a prospective franchisee to try to look, so what to be looking for and what to be running away from, mm-hmm. I think is critical. And so those are two books that I would recommend to anybody. Thank so, you very much. So repeat the book. Street Smart Franchising was one and that uh, by Joe Matthews. With, yeah. And this other one was... Um, start, start With Why. Start With Why by Simon, Simon Sinek. Great. Really quick about Street Smart Franchising. Yeah. Because that's actually a book that we give to every single one of our clients Love after it. we meet with them. Of course you'll do. Of course Here's the do. problem. It's not in print anymore. And I reached out to our friend, Joe Matthews. No, I've already talked to him, and it's on his list of things to do. He's coming out with a new updated version in 2022. So the best place to find it would be at a library. Because if you look on Amazon, it's like, you know, $50. You know how Amazon gets crazy when (laughs) when there's not that many. So, um, yeah, if it's in a local library, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So... 2022, Joe Matthews. It's an amazing book. It is a great book, and I um, have not been giving it out because I haven't been able to find it. So um, now we know why. Um, Josh, thanks so much for spending this time with us today. You provided just a wealth of information about your business, Unleash Brands, and your background, and just great information for prospective business owners. We're really grateful for you taking the time to spend with us today. My pleasure, ladies. It's it's been a lot of fun. I love talking about franchising. I think you you do a great job with FranNet here in North Texas, especially. 
one of the largest markets in the world, and a lot of a lot of people need help learning how to find the right franchise. And I know you both do a, a tremendous job with your your clients. So I'm glad to be here. Happy to come back anytime. Thanks so much for Thanks. having me. Thank you, Josh, and thanks everyone for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about FranNet and our services, you can find this episode along with our previous episodes and upcoming episodes on our YouTube channel, YouTube channel, FranNet of Dallas, Fort Worth, and Oklahoma. That's on YouTube. You can find Roxanne Rapsky and Sarah Wasco on LinkedIn. And you can also find us on FranNet.com. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great day. <music>